This is episode number 80 with Elliot Schoenfeld and Jennifer Johnson, a.k.a. Show and Joe. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. My name is Ryan McGuire, your host. Each week I bring you a guest or a message that will help you along your own pursuit of happiness as well as following me along my own. Thank you for joining me on this episode where you will be introduced to Elliot and Jennifer, otherwise known as Show and Joe. And let me tell you right now, these two are absolutely pursuing their happiness and no doubt they will inspire you in this episode. These two took the leap of quitting their corporate jobs, their nine to five, to pursue their passion of traveling around the world. They've been to some amazing places, including South America, New Zealand, India, and we actually talk about how they got stuck in India for five months when that pandemic broke out, five months. They were stuck in the same hotel for, I think over two months, they couldn't leave the hotel. I can't imagine being stuck anywhere, let alone a foreign country. So we go into detail about their entire experience being stuck in lockdown in India and how they finally got back home. Now, unfortunately, the pandemic cut their plans short of traveling all the way around the world. So when they got back to America, they had to regroup and think about an alternate plan. And that's when they came up with living on a boat. I kid you not, they actually live on a boat with their dog, Ollie. And not only do they live on a boat, they're also doing the America's Great Loop, starting at the bottom of Florida, going all the way up the Atlantic coast, up to Montreal, and down through the Mississippi, all the way to the Gulf Coast. And oh yeah, did I mention they've never owned a boat before and they've never driven one. So if these two can explore the America's Great Loop living on a boat, I'm running out of excuses to do the things I really want to do. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. They're such a cool couple with amazing stories and their story has just begun. I can't wait to follow them along their adventures for years and years down the road. So hop aboard and let's get ready for the story of Show and Joe. Hi, Ryan. Elliot. Hi, Ryan. Elliot and Jennifer. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm browsing your Instagram right now, and oh. I'm I'm very jealous to say the least. <laughs> very jealous. This is uh, this is just just amazing, super cool, and I'm very glad we finally got to connect. Um, just for everybody listening and myself. Where are you guys exactly at this moment right now making this call? Oh, right now we are in, sorry about that. Right now we are in Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. Awesome. Yep. And we are in a mooring field. Yep. So we are just off of uh, downtown surrounded by probably 20 other boats. Maybe um, 50 other boats. Yeah. Okay. And we're all um, 
here and we have the blue angels fly over tomorrow morning. So, or tomorrow morning for practice Wednesday is their real show. I think, um, as like a preface of the Naval Academy graduating on Friday or Saturday. Okay. So it's been uh, some festivities this week, which we didn't really super plan for, but we're excited to be here and be able to like embrace and take it in. And why that's not? cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So I'm looking, I'm looking at your website right now. So it says 76 days on the loop. Is that, is this up to date? Um, pretty close. It's maybe in the eighties, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We'll get to the loop here momentarily, but Hey, first and foremost, nice to meet you guys. How are you both doing today? So great to meet you. Yeah. It's nice to meet you as well, Ryan. Today's been a good day. One of the good days in boat life. Yeah. There's a lot of highs and a lot of lows and today is a a really great day. What makes it a great day? Uh, well, for today, we didn't cruise at all. We just explored part of Annapolis and we just had like a really fun laid back day. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of went more so according to plan. And those are the days that are normally good. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine we'll, we'll get into boat life and how you make that possible and uh, any of the <laughs> issues that you guys face. I imagine there's a lot of them. I was I've really wanted to go to Annapolis for quite some time now. Um they have like really nice, like cobble streets and roads. Right. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking of bringing my dogs there and they said, not a good place to bring them in the summer because it gets super hot. Like the streets get really hot. It's bad for their paws. I was like, I don't know. We'll see about that. But yeah, especially because you have huskies, right? Yeah. I got a few huskies. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that might be pretty hot for them specifically with the like longer fur. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a little hot. Yeah. We have, Yes, I hear really good things. We, my, uh, myself and my fiance, we have a lot coming up as far as trips and wedding and all that stuff. So we'll see about future trips with the dogs and everything. We'd like to get that started. But, uh, and you also have a dog as well. Yes. Uh, we have a dog. Her name is Ollie. She's our little boat dog. And um, yeah. She's about 30 pounds. Um, a mud of the mud of mutts. Um, but, um, yeah, she's a great she's a great uh, great boat dog for us. Yeah. How how does that work? Having a dog on a boat, I I, I can't imagine how that works. <laughs> well, to to be honest, there's a lot of different ways it can work. Yeah. But we'll just tell you how it works for us. Okay. Because um, like every dog is different and every boat is different. Some dogs come on the boats and they have a pee pad and they use it just like they're out outside and somewhere mm-hmm. on the deck, and it's not too different. Uh, than having it in any other place but for us what we do is we have a smaller boat our dinghy and we take that to shore at least twice daily and then that's what we use we take her and we go for walks and um, that's kind of her either exercise and that's also where we take her to do her business and then while we're underway um, she has her own little personal life jacket um, and yeah, so that's how we keep her safe. And then if we're at anchor, she's allowed to peruse the decks and whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. But she's a little, she can be a little bit of a princess um, by like not going on, doing her business on the boat. Whereas whenever we see other dogs have their own like designated spot, we're a little envious <laughs> of them um, because it makes life a lot easier. But we look at the positive of her you know, requiring essentially to go to shore. I mean, it gets us to shore. It, it, it makes us off the boat. It gets us off the boat. It gets us exploring, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, that's yeah. that. I was wondering that because I saw you had a dog. I was like, that is awesome. And I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> that's that's yeah. tough. That's tough. Having a fence in the backyard is hard enough for me sometimes. So, um, yeah, yeah. I want to get started with with your journey and like how this all began. But first, I would love to kind of start with just the both of you. Um, we can even go back to it as far as like when you two met, and then like when you started to explore your passion for traveling. Sure. Sounds good. So we met in high school. Um, we're high school sweethearts. We met back in, we met in 20, 2006 and then we started dating in 2008. Um, we went to initially different universities and then I transferred to Elliott's university. We both went to university of Florida. And then after undergrad, we moved up to Atlanta, Georgia, where we call home because it's where we kind of settled, made roots and felt like Atlanta was our home. Um, and yeah, so we moved up there for Elliot's job. And then I also got a job. And then I eventually I went back to school for my master's degrees and went to Georgia Tech. And after we were at this like pivotal point of do we want to after like I graduated of, of like, do we want to one because um, we've been engaged for quite some time since 2016 we want to have a big wedding and like have a big party get a lot of friends and family together two do we want to um like move out west yeah move out west like we're huge hikers we really love the outdoors like we're thinking maybe somewhere in the pacific northwest would be fun and just like you know why not um so move out west for a job or three travel abroad for a year and so when we're thinking right we're like let's just travel abroad for a year like this sounds like a really great opportunity because elliot had like been in his job long enough where it was like he was at a, a decent point where he could you know uh resign and like move on to the like the next thing take a year break and so it just worked out really well for us yeah and the, part of the reason why we decided to go with traveling was I never traveled as a kid. Like we went to, we had a couple spots in the U S that family also lived. And that's where I went like, um, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And so then after undergrad, we started traveling internationally. And so our goal was to travel to just use whatever vacation we had and whatever budget we had to travel for, like ideally like a week, you know, a whole work week and, and then two weekends. Mm. And so we did that in 2015, we went to Costa Rica and that was the first time I'd ever been, well, I had, actually I had been abroad once and that was out of high school. Um, so that was the first trip that we took together though. And that was to that Costa was Rica, trip. our second trip, but oh, first trip alone. Yeah. First trip, just the two of yeah. us. Okay. And so we went to Costa Rica and then in 2016, we went to, did we travel in 2016? Yeah. Iceland. So yeah, in 2016, we traveled to Iceland, another small vacation. And then 2017, we traveled to Paris. But that was like, it was in the, like uh, New Year's Eve of 2016, 2017. Okay. And then all of 2017, all of 2018, we were just kind of wrapped up in our jobs. Uh, we did, we didn't, in grad didn't, school. In grad school. So we didn't really have the time and, and make the time because Jen was doing internships over the summer. So there was no breaks that Jen had. And then, so it didn't really matter. So we, we didn't travel those two years. So we kind of had the bug, you know, we haven't traveled in the last few years, something that we like to do. So maybe now is a good time to kind of 
get a lot of traveling in uh, while we can. Yeah. Yeah, I completely understand that because I'm going to be getting married here in just a few months and we're still trying to sneak in. Thank you. We're still trying to sneak in a few trips before perhaps some young ones come along at some point. So we can we can we can can talk about that uh, a little bit later. But uh, so would you say, like, was it the Costa Rica trip that kind of like got you hooked? Because I can it was my trip to Hawaii that got me hooked back in 2015. And it was just like, Oh, I need to be doing a lot more of this. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was, we had like, we had a funny, a funny story that we tell about going to Costa Rica for the first time. And I guess for the only time, but going to Costa Rica, we didn't have any plans and it was right after graduation, maybe a few weeks after and so we got, we landed in, I think, San Juan, went to go pick up our rental car. We booked our hotel in the airport. Just for the first just night. Just for the first night. So, I mean, we're not, I mean, Jennifer is a planner, but I'm not a planner. And that's just how this trip worked. And so we're, we're getting the rental car for Costa Rica. And we're like, okay, we, we fly in this day. We're here today. We fly out this day. So we need a rental car for 10 days. And they said to us, that's actually 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> so we had no clue like going to figure how long we were there and that's that's the we epitome did. of how much we planned and it was just such an amazing trip and uh obviously we were on a budget like just out of college um yeah and so we didn't do a lot of big things but we just had a blast and yeah yeah and that kind of same um i mean our trip to iceland was very much so on a budget um but we also we just had a blast like and I think that's kind of like probably you caught that same like when you went to Hawaii, you just had a blast and you're like, I have to do that again. <laughs> like, yes, cannot stop. Like, this has to be a part of my life. Yeah. 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 Very much. I can't speak to Costa Rica. My fiance can because she studied abroad there. Um, I know oh, she yeah. speaks super highly of Costa Rica. Hi, however, can speak. Uh, of Iceland and Iceland is freaking awesome. I want to know how long were you there? Where did you go? And what time of year were you there? We went to Iceland during the summer. um, And we actually went with another two friends of ours. So we all rented a car and did the ring road. Okay. Um, Nice. And we had, we were very fortunate because one of our friends went to grad school with somebody who's from Iceland. Yeah. And so in the Northern part of Iceland, we were able to stay with her and her family and get a very, and like stay with her her family's house and very much get a local touch, which I thought was just, you know, uh, the cherry on top. Yeah. As far as where we stayed, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was just such a memorable trip, memorable trip, uh, especially because that's where I proposed to Jen. Yeah. And so, yeah, on one of the hikes, I think in one of the glaciers, um, that's where I proposed. So, yeah. So it was just I, such yeah. a fun trip. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. I, that actually brings me back. So I went to Alaska last year and I thought about proposing on top of a glacier. I almost copied you guys, not knowingly. Um, <laughs> how did you, how did you, um, how did you know doing it there on top of a glacier would be the place that you wanted to do it? Well, um, that's a great question, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Cause well, I just did it. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly I was, so I knew I wanted to propose in Iceland um, just because I don't know, it just seemed like 
I'm not, I mean, like I said, I'm not a big planner. So to me, I was just going to have the right situation come up and then just go for it. And so the whole trip, I had the ring like in my like raincoat, like every day, just like <laughs> waiting for like uh, waiting for the day or the time that felt right. Um, and uh, so anyway, it was like halfway into our trip that we went on this glacier hike. And um, I knew before we went on the hike, that that's where I proposed, not knowing anything about it, um, just because like, I don't know, it just seemed it, like, it just seemed like a good like it was going to work out i don't know it's hard to it's hard to put myself back because that was in 2016 so that was what seven years ago almost it's almost seven years ago but um yeah yeah i don't know i remember because like the other two people in our group didn't know that i was going to propose wow so i gave one of them like our gopro yeah this is like i mean this is purely for fun filming like there was nothing going on then and so we gave him our gopro and then you know, I started doing the spiel and he started like shaking with the GoPro. <laughs> when he realized what was going on. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. Is that posted online? Yeah. I, know you have a, I know you have a following. Can people watch that? Yeah. No, that's no. That's we no have way. it somewhere. I don't know what hard drive it's on, but it's not posted. We, 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 might, we might bring that out in the future. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jealous yeah. Elliot I'm jealous of your personality and how you can just kind of like wing that I'm so much more like a Jennifer I gotta plan everything my, my vacations are in, a, in an Excel sheet uh, I like to have an idea of where I'm going how long I'm gonna be there <laughs> but uh, I envy I envy people like you Elliot uh, I definitely envy that but glad that worked out and I'm sure it's super memorable and you know, if you ever get that video up there, let me know. I'd love to watch it. And I'd love to see, I would love to see the surroundings. Iceland is just, it's, I don't know. You guys have been all over the world. To me, it's one of a kind to me so far. Would you say Iceland's one of a kind to you? Or would you kind of compare that to somewhere else in the world? I would also say it's one of a kind. I mean, uh, we haven't been everywhere, so I don't know, but um, can't compare it to everything, but to where we've been, it is definitely one of a kind. And it's just, it kind of has this like magical sense to it almost it does. It does. because of like the environment and like so much, so many parts are just like not developed. And so you just have like just wide, wide spaces of just pure nature. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, I think it's, it's very raw. The beauty is very raw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It's one of the places that's high on our list to go back to because, I mean, being in the, being there in the summer, um, we didn't get to see any of the Northern Lights or anything like that. And um, I feel like there's so many, so, there's just so much more to see. And since we stayed on the Ring Road, we kind of didn't do anything on the inside or mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of time either. But what did you do whenever you guys went to uh, Iceland? Yeah, so... Ohio? Yeah, my dad and I flew over there. Uh, we flew into Reykjavik, so we spent uh, a night there. And then we ended up doing like the gold, I think it was the golden circle, right? Where you see all the waterfalls and stuff. Um, that's obviously, you know, what it's what everyone does when you get there. And yes, I would highly recommend doing that. And then um, went down to Vic with the Black Sand Beach. Um, I believe yeah. that's along the ring road, which is, that's just a cool atmosphere. It was one of those days that's like, like a, on a black and white postcard. It was just black sands, the black rocks with just clouds and fog all over the ocean. It was like, it was just like stepping back in time. It was so cool. And then, um, yeah, we ended up, 
um, going down a little further on the ring road to the South shore. And there was like a few glaciers there where we kind of walk, we can walk up to, I don't know exactly where it was. And then we uh-huh. ended up seeing the Northern lights twice. Um, what? yeah, we saw it there and near the South shore where it was like pitch black. And then the next day was our final day, our sixth day. So we went back to Reykjavik. We spent the day at the Blue Lagoon, which is awesome. Highly enjoyed that. And then that night was a solar storm. Go figure. And so we went down to the lighthouse in Reykjavik, and it was just a laser light show for hours. And yeah, it was it was like the best night of the entire year to see the Northern Lights. I mean, it's it's luck of the draw. Yeah, I consider myself lucky uh, for that. And it was just yeah. so I, I set my camera up on a tripod, and it was just click, uh, click, click, click the, all night. I was just taking pictures. It was like after we were there about two and a half, three hours, and we're just like, I guess we should just go now because it was just. It was, it was just so like magical, but it was just like, it was just hour after hour after hour. And so yeah, we went in, uh, for what it's worth, we went in March, we went on like St. Patrick's day. We were there that week. So for whatever it's worth and anybody's listening to this, it's like, we want to know when I went, it was, it was cold. Um, yeah, yeah dress up because the wind's always blowing on that Island. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, a beautiful place. And, and I know a place that I really want to get to before we have kids, like I just said, is Italy. Yeah. So my fiance is super Italian. I'm Italian. And I said, Hey, on the way to Italy, we need to stop in Iceland to, to do one of those layovers that they kind of promote. Oh. And so I think, uh, we're, I think we're going to look into doing that, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that, but enough about me. Let's get back to your story and your journey. So before we kind of get into where you really started to branch out, cause I've seen it on your Instagram. Um, what was it? What do you think looking back that was like, what is it about travel? I don't know if I can answer this. So I'm curious to hear what you say. What is it about travel that hooked you? That was like, you got the fever and you got to do it again. What is it? I know we definitely have different answers. Yeah. Probably, probably. All right. You go first. I'll go second. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it's the, um, the thing that I love most about traveling and like what hooks you is just the, the fact that so much is new and that newness, it just breeds like intrigue and, and it's interesting. Like, yeah, like for example, me. yeah. So like when we were traveling internationally, we were in like three major regions, like South America, Australia, New Zealand, and then India. And in each like region, like even the most simple things, like the birds that were just like, you know, the normal birds in the U.S. were different over there. And it's just like, it's just eye catching. And you're just like, wow, like this is their lives and their their normal birds are these and you know i don't i'm not a you know a bird person i don't know what birds they were but it was just <laughs> it's just the most in, the most normal things and most uninteresting things are just made interesting whenever you're not from that region or that part of the world or even i mean it, it, you don't have to travel across the world to experience that you know that could be in a you know in your town too um, so for me, it's like that newness, the intrigue, uh, the unknown. And then also because of all of that, like the amount that you learn uh, by, by visiting these places. So 
Yeah. I think for me, it has to do with like the world, like the more that we think we know about the world, the more like it feels like it doesn't feel that big. But then as soon as we travel and we see like all these things that we don't know and like these new experiences or these new sites, these new people, these new cultures, like whatever it is, then you realize like how small, like how small your place in the world is and how big the world is. Like, yes, you could still see someone that you met, you know, like, and you know, you could run in, like run in the same path and stuff like that. And just, you know, what a coincidence, but at the same time though, like you, it just, it kind of like, it, it kind of like brings you down in like a humility kind of way of just like the world is so big and there's so many different ways and like things and all like just, there's just so much. And it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think a lot, I think it has to do with like, we both really love to like learn new things. And there's just like so much to like, not that you were going to learn everything, but like, there's just so much to like absorb and take in and and I guess I would add something to that because that got me thinking about uh, things like one of the things like since we kind of like dropped our careers and quit our careers just for like a year break to go traveling. Um, we had come from that, the like mental thought process realm where it's like, you know, you're, you're working your nine to five and you're going to going to grind the corporate ladder. And for me, like when I was younger, like that was the only route that I thought I would do was like a very good job work for work for 30 or 40 years or whatever retire with benefits and then and then travel or whatever you want to do in retirement and so the biggest eye-opener to me while traveling was just the fact of how many different ways there are to live throughout the different world like throughout the different countries and cities and towns that you can make a living doing practically anything and you know like in Colombia you can work however you want to work and then you go to and your weeks are filled by you saturday you go to the local corner store where you have the local colombian beer and you watch soccer and like just a very community vibe and i don't know it's just stuff like that that was just so eye-opening to me and you know that definitely changed our lives coming from career uh like normal careers i would say uh and then going to travel and then in each region it was just like that it's like oh wow yeah yeah, traveling yeah. definitely I helps mean, put things into perspective for sure. It's uh, like you were saying, you're such a small little person on this big little planet. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you really are. And Elliot, you were just saying, you know, kind of about your career. And I, I think the pandemic has kind of turned a lot of things upside down in, in a good way um, in, in some occasions because. You know, until 2020, you know, I think a lot of people and a lot of people still do see their life as like, you know, following a textbook. They're supposed to go to high school. They're supposed to graduate. They're supposed to go to college and then graduate and then get a job. Then they're supposed to find someone and get married uh -huh. and then they're supposed to have kids and then, you know, work the nine to five and grind it out in a computer. Um, but you had the ambition to quit your career for somebody that is thinking about doing the same, but they just don't quite have the guts to make that move. What advice would you give them? I would say like, there's always risk in any decision, you know, there's, and you just need to be aware of those risks, you know, the risks of not quitting your job, 
or something might happen and you might not be able to do what you're kind of wanting to do now. Health reasons, financial reasons, whatever else is going on in your life. Um, then there's risk. If you quit your job, you know, will you be able to find a job again? Uh, will you be able to, you know, come back at the same point in your career again? And I think that a lot of those things are bigger worries than they are in, in actuality because you gain so much experience and just life experience while traveling that I think of it as a resume booster, you know, um, I can't think of any way where it would detract from your resume. Um, and then the other thing that you could do too, to mitigate things, there's just so many options for you, uh, for an individual that is kind of wants to do take breaks or even quit, you know, and it, part of it's planning and, and, you know, financial planning, right. To make sure like you can support yourself and, and to know how long you can support yourself. And then the other thing is, when you're maybe if you're at a you know at a stage like in high school or in college or even just starting out, you know, try to find a career that there's like there's just like there's so many options. You could find a career where you could actually do those things abroad. You can incorporate that into your traveling. Like we know people that live on sailboats, teach diving, they sail and then they sail to a region and then they teach diving in that new region. Right. And that's a way to kind of like incorporate that into your lifestyle or like I'm in technology, uh, my background's in software development, you know, that's a very high demand field. So it's, it's unlikely that you would go backwards in your career from taking a break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's, it's also unlikely that you wouldn't be able to find a job. So there's just so many different ways to do it. It's definitely tailored to the individual, but, you know, just talk about it, you know, with your friends and family, make a plan. And it's more reasonable than and more realistic than you might think. Can I say that both of you also perhaps looked forward and thought you would regret doing this if you did not do this? Because that's something that I've been toying with a lot more recently now that I got into my 30s and I'm approaching 40 here is like, would I regret not doing this? I feel like this is something that you probably thought the same thing. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the uh, considerations, I guess, on like making this decision to initially like, one, stop our career and like go travel abroad for a year because that one travel abroad for a year was really just half a year because our other half a year was just spent locked down in India um, because of COVID. And even so, we still came back or I, I mean, at least I did. And I remember we were sitting in the JFK airport um, in August of 2020, had been in India for five months in lockdown. And we got back to the U.S. and I was in tears because I was like, that was the best year of my life. Mm. That was hands down the best year of my life. I want to do that again. Like even with COVID, all of these challenges, all of the like the things that made it really scary, the things that made it hard, like it was amazing. It was so good. And it was just like, um, that was kind of the point where it's like, you know, I know that this, this was worth it. Like whenever, whenever you can say something like that, you know, like, you know, like through all of the hardships, all the challenges that, you know, this, the, the circumstance presents to you, it still was clearly like the right choice for us, for me. 
So tell so, me, tell me about this trip to India. So you guys what quit your careers and you're just like, all right, India is going to be our first, was it our first trip of many or how did that work? So, so we had, um, kind of like alluding to like your question before about like somebody who wants to do this, how do you plan it in your career? So like for us, and it's very personal, like for us, like, I mean, not it's very personal, but it's very specific. Right. So for us, I had been an engineer and working through different companies for a while. So I could, I knew, and I knew with my industry, I could quit and it'd be fine to come back. And then for Jen, she had just graduated with her mat, double masters. So it was just at a good point in, in her career. So we basically initially left to South America in September of 2019, September of 2019. Okay. And then we traveled throughout South America, Australia, New Zealand, and then got to India right in early March of 2020. And so India is where we got locked down and we weren't able to come back to the States for five months. What, were so, your, what was your thought when that happened? Are you like, Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was, it was a, yeah. I am the planner or I like at least a general plan or I like, a little bit more like stability i like you know i don't know i like to know what's going on and i'm not as like um go with the flow as i mean i'm going with the flow but i i like the big plan right yeah um not like elliot it's just like relax cool it'll as a cucumber out. it'll work out and i'm like what'll work out we don't know if it'll work out. That's like, crazy. What do you mean? And I, yeah, and yeah i think like we were, we kind of had like two thought processes, like one. And I think like most people, like at that time, early March, it was like, well, how long is this thing going to last? You know, two weeks lockdown should be over maybe more and coming from our, our like current status, like full-time traveling and having sort of a tight budget and no jobs. Like India was not a bad place to stay for a few weeks or a few months even, you know, because the cost, of living there is nothing like the states yeah it was so affordable so at the beginning like when we couldn't leave yeah it was definitely there were some stressful moments and some like oh crap moments but we, we couldn't do anything about it so yeah. you know like it was one of those like we just had to deal with it and we did and we made the most of it and i think it only really got to, it got really tough towards the end of the we had to spend 105 days in a hotel without leaving the hotel. No, 70 days without leaving the hotel. Oh, 70 days without leaving the hotel. So 100 the, days in the city. Is that yeah, yeah, 108 yeah, so, days in the so city. So 70 days without leaving the hotel yeah. and then 100 days without leaving the city and without going anywhere on our, on our own. And so at the end of those, like towards the end of those 100 days, we really got very like stir crazy. And that, 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 that was the time when we like had to find out a way to leave yeah. And at that point we could move. Yeah. So, so we moved to another area of, of India that was, that had lesser restrictions. Yeah. Um, so at that point, and that was when we were four months into India. So um, for, for our final month, we were able to like rent a scooter and like go out. We were able to um, rent by, an Airbnb, yeah, cook and, our own food, which was really nice. And by lesser restrictions, I mean, like we were able to live like alone in an Airbnb versus like a hotel, a hotel that had to be managed. Like COVID restrictions were so there. Yeah. yeah. So for real, like you could yeah. not like leave, leave the hotel like at all. Like you had to stay. Could you walk on the streets if you needed yeah. to? 
No. No, it was highly discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. It so, was a it was a kind of weird situation. Um, and we were very fortunate because we had so it ended up that we were the only people in this city in this we were in the tourists. city of yeah sorry the only <laughs> foreigners the only tourists in the city of uh of rajasthan so we were in jodhpur which is the second largest city there in that state it's the state just west of delhi a desert state and so we were very fortunate because like for one like our, the, the hotel that we stayed at was a very small hotel it was a boutique hotel and it was six they had six rooms three floors mm-hmm. six rooms and three floors and then three floors of terrace and then three floors of terraces yeah. so on one hand like one thing is like the owner we became really good friends with the owner and their family so he made sure we had everything we need um we were able to go anywhere in the hotel so basically all the terraces was our outdoor space like we couldn't <laughs> walk around but we were able to go out on these large terraces and then the third thing is we had a migrant worker there. His name was Vasu, 17 years old. So he was also staying with us in the hotel and he would basically coordinate everything, uh, cook meals, um, yeah. make sure that we were taken care of. Yeah. He would cook like our um, breakfast and lunch and then sometimes cook our dinner. And then if he didn't cook our dinner, then the hotel owner's wife would cook our dinner. Um, but it was just such a unique experience because we got to see what it is like to like more so live. I mean, we weren't obviously living there like residents, but in a way we kind of were. Mm -hmm. And we just got to see so much of a specific place, which doesn't happen very often when you're traveling. Like you're often like you're moving and going and going from one place to another. So you're kind of just getting the sample. Whereas we got like, like deep roots in this place and really got to understand um, more More of the culture, right. More of the culture and like the inner workings of how things go. And so I guess, for example, um, Vasu, the the 17 year old who is taking care of us, he was the nicest kid. He was super funny. So nice. Didn't really know how to speak English, but (laughs) a few words and phrases. Yeah. Um, And then, so he, he stopped going to school when he was 10 years old because um, of like family needs. He, they needed him to, to start work. So he did not go to school starting from 10 to 17. And so he did not learn Hindi. Um, he knew his regional dialect because India has so many languages. And so he knew his regional dialect of whatever it was. And, um, so like whenever the prime minister of India was, was on the TV and explaining like lockdown and all these things, like he didn't know exactly what was going on either. Like us. Um, I mean, we knew from like translation of like, like websites websites and stuff like that, but he had to have the hotel owner translate like what was going on because he couldn't just like listen to the TV and like listen or yeah, listen to like the prime minister speak in Hindi and explain the circumstance. So it's just like very, very interesting and, I mean, he had a smartphone and so he did a lot of like speech to text kind of thing. Um, but it's just very humbling because it's like, I, until like that moment, I kind of took for granted the, the privilege of, you know, um, being able to read and write and communicate in my, like in the language that my country speaks in. Mm -hmm. And so like with that, it was just, there's like, yeah, it was perspective. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Perspective, traveling perspective. It puts everything in perspective. I'm sitting here wondering if that hotel 
gave you a free week to stay there, would you go back? <laughs> could, could you take se- you. seven more days? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could. Absolutely. We would go back. We have actually... Um, Assuming that we could, like, go outside. Yeah, yeah. If, if we were locked in the room, we might not. Yeah. Not be triggered. No. That um, is brutal. Oh, man. Yeah. We, we would love to go back to yeah. India. For sure. And, like, explore. We had this, like, two-month itinerary of, like, going around India and actually, like, seeing all these things. That was our original plan. Mm-hmm. But we got to see about two weeks-ish. So, before, before lockdown. lockdown. Yeah. Um, so, we hope to go back one day. Yeah, we will. One yeah. Day. What happened that you got to get to leave and go home? Where were we in the pandemic and how was it that you were like, okay, we can go home now. I don't, I'm trying to recall like August of 2020. So basically we, as soon as locked, I'll give you like the whole rundown because it's kind of related to the beginning part of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So when like COVID was officially like a, a, a global like problem and issue, um, the like U.S. government said like everywhere is like a travel floor, a travel for um, travel advisory. So you need to come home. And then at the same day, India said you can't leave internationally because we're going to bar international flights. So that's for kind of week. for one week. So that was kind of our initial like one day where we we had to we were not able to leave. And then um, flights just ne- and then so and then we were in touch with the embassy to talk about getting a flight back because that's what the embassy was doing for foreigners that were stuck there. But there was two issues with that. One was you had to pay for flights out of pocket and they were $5,000 a person. These are called repatriation repatriation flights. flights. So they were very expensive flights and we were traveling on a budget. So that was a challenge. It wasn't a no-go, but that was a challenge. Uh, We had enough money for it. We just were weighing our options. And then the second problem which was that they were not taking foreigners from the city that we were in because we were in a smaller city. So we couldn't fly out of there. We had to get to Delhi. Mm -hmm. And so they set up a few things to to get us to Delhi. Like we had to take a taxi and then a bus or maybe one or two buses. But one of their stipulations was you can't have any COVID symptoms, which not a problem, right? We're we're quarantining at the hotel. We'd only see one person. Um, And, but literally, the, we had signed up for the flight literally the, the night of. So we were supposed to leave the next morning. We were still kind of on the fence about it. But we were on the roof playing cards because that's what we were doing at the time. Uh, sunset. And we, we had a, like medical, we had a medical visit by some of the local doctors in Jodhpur. Random medical visit. And they, yeah. did, they did a temperature test and stuff like that. And I had a fever, uh, but I felt fine. Yeah. And so that's a COVID symptom. So that was literally the day of, of us leaving. And so the repatriation flights were like, um, there was a list of people. And so there's a big list. So if you couldn't go, you should give it to another person. <laughs> so we ended up getting tested. It was not COVID, but we gave up our spot to somebody else who wanted to come back. And so then fast. The reason for it was we didn't want to like make our way all the way to Delhi where the cases were a lot higher. And we knew, whereas in Jodhpur, we were safe. We had accommodations, we had food, we had like our essentials. Yeah, we had our essentials. So that's why we didn't want to like just go there and then wait there. Yeah. Ellie, you're lucky you put a ring on that. (laughs) Jennifer could be like, see you later. (laughs) I'll head back and uh, we'll we'll keep in touch over Zoom. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Maybe yeah. a different story. <laughs> Smart moves. <laughs> no, but, but, keep, but keep going. I, I'm interested in this. Yeah. And so then after that, um, we were just in contact with the embassy. And so they started sending out these emails like, the government of India and the government of the United States and really India was working with different countries. And it's like, they're doing specific flights to get those people back home. And so they would send out an email and say, you know, the government, you know, this, this program has flights from these dates, go to this link and then this link and then book a flight. If you want to come back every time I did that, all the fights were booked, like completely booked for like the months out. Hmm. So, you know, we just kept, we just basically kind of a few months into lockdown, maybe two months into lockdown, we just ended up booking a flight for the next available date, which was August. Um, and so it wasn't, we actually booked it with points. It was really inexpensive and leading up to it. We didn't know like if that flight would be allowed or not. And it just, that was five months in five months after we got into India and things were starting to open up within India. So we were able to get from where we were to Delhi and it worked out. Um, the flight wasn't canceled and we were able to get back. We had actually booked, I think one or two flights before that. And both of those flights were canceled or one night of the flight was canceled. Mm. Um, and so it just worked out. And I think at that point, Things were a little bit more stable. India at that point was was doing fantastic with respect to cases and infection rates. They were pretty low. Uh, that changed um, in the months following. And then at that point, US, the U.S. was had very high infection rates. So that's kind of where the world was. Um, but at that point, we kind of had a discussion like, we want to stay and wait this out even further because they were extending visas. So it was, a, it was a possibility, but we just didn't want to keep our lives in limbo. It had already been five months. So that's why yeah. we decided to come back. Yeah. That is quite the, quite the story. We all have our pandemic stories. I haven't heard one like right. that yeah. before. Wow. Getting stuck legit. At least at some point you had somewhat of a target date where you can possibly get out of there. Probably help, help you mentally instead of like not knowing yeah. when the hell, when the hell you're getting out of there. And I'm just thinking of like, were you kind of like stuck eating Indian food like every day? Like, did you like Indian food going in and were you just like, well, we're stuck eating Indian food for the next <laughs> few months. Right. No, it, no, that was like, we love Indian food. Yeah. And like we were in a region, like the regions of India have different specific foods. And so like that they're, they're diets. famous for diets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's better word for it. And so the region that we were in is very famous for their like vegetarian dishes. And so, man, we had so much good food. It was like, yeah. it was amazing. And then like, we learned to cook, we like the wife, like after like maybe a little while into lockdown, like maybe a month or two in, um, the wife of the hotel owner, uh, Bonaji, she taught Jen a few recipes. Yeah. Um, of, like how to cook, like an Indian, you know, and that was really cool. And then uh, after we left like the lockdown area that we were in and moved to a different state and lived in an apartment for a month, we were cooking Indian food all the time. And honestly, those are the ingredients that you find like, you know, easily in the store. Yeah. 
and they're yes. not like expensive. Whereas if you try to buy like a bag of Doritos or something like that, those are astronomical compared right. to like uh, the local ingredients and local produce and stuff like that. And funny enough, we actually, we cooked Indian food tonight. <laughs> like <laughs> we don't cook it all the time, but yeah, we, we try to cook it like once a week. And yeah. today we, we uh, Jen, yeah. Jen cooked. I shouldn't say we, wow. Jen did all the cooking. I, th- yeah. I, just, I find we that funny. That's great. I, I find it funny that Doritos are astronomical, but the healthy stuff is cheap. I mean, don't you feel like that's just the way the world should be? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. So Actually, so sorry, this is kind of a sidetrack back to Iceland. When you were in Iceland, did you see a Doritos flavor called cool or what was it? Yeah. Like cool american flavor yeah cool american flavor it was a doritos ah, flavor it was like cool ranch but instead of ranch it was cool american flavor yeah it was very strange we, it was hilarious we thought it was hilarious yeah every time uh, we saw it we just laughed that's no i i don't recall i don't recall seeing that i do remember appetizers in iceland were like 25 30 dollars let alone the main course being like 60 dollars or something <laughs> astronomical that was just like yeah. oh yeah. boy um <laughs> Yeah, it was just the flight yeah. to get to Iceland was decently cheap, but once you're there, it's like, ooh, this is going to cost a pretty pretty. It's worth it by all means, but uh, for anybody looking to go there, just know that ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking personally, like if I got stuck anywhere in the world, where would I want it to be, including like the food and all that stuff? I want to ask uh, you yeah. both that if you had to get stuck again anywhere <laughs> in the world, where would you want it to be? that's good that's a great question i mean honestly indian food is our favorite food and eating it there was like that's probably one of your favorites yeah so i call you know culinary wise absolutely india although we do love like all different types of food and i'm sure like a lot of the cuisines in europe i could say same thing um so there's probably a ton of different areas in the world actually that i wouldn't mind getting locked down the big the big reason why I would not want to get locked down in the same place we got locked down was because it was the desert state and mm. we were there in the summer. Mm. So it was so hot that like our laptops like literally would not work. Ooh. And uh, the, the, the Wi-Fi would get too, it was just like this whole thing. It was very hot. Um, yeah. So- we had to like ration like how much we used our AC because it would just. Cause we wanted it powerful for night to be able to fall asleep. Yeah. It was just so somewhere more temperate Indian foods and maybe up in the mountains in India. I would probably India. say like, I've never, been, well, we only did a, a layover in Thailand. So we didn't actually like enter the country. We were just in the airport, but I would probably say um, stuck in Thailand because I love mango sticky rice. But then like, you also have to think like back when COVID was first happening, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on healthcare systems, right. And a lot mm-hmm. of stuff about mm-hmm. cleanliness that India is not well known for those no. things. Um, so that would be a deterrent. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess you just make the most of wherever you are. Yeah. It's like all, most regions in the world have some something that's really amazing about them. And, mm-hmm. and if there's not, there's something that it's amazing for us because we haven't yeah. experienced it. So I think that's the key. I think it's, I don't want to get stuck anywhere, but it's making the most of wherever you are stuck and just embracing the silver lining the benefits of that yeah. place because i don't know that i want to get stuck again <laughs> no that's the best way to travel you two seem like great travel partners um so you, you correct me if I'm wrong so you went from the u.s to south america 
to mm-hmm. Australia slash New Zealand and then to India. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I want to get to that momentarily, but where, do, where were you supposed to go after that? Or was India your last stop? You just happened to get stuck there. But we had, we were basically going to India as like our first uh, entry point into Asia's and then we were going to go East. So okay. basically just country hop East. We we're going to try to be in Japan around the Olympics. And then from there we wanted to do like stop around the in, well, the summertime, like around that time in June okay. and July. I think they're confusing years, but maybe. I mean, well, that was the year that the Olympics were supposed to be there. Okay. Yeah, they got pushed. They got pushed a year. Yeah, they got pushed a year. So, yeah. Yeah, like we we were trying to go around the world in a year. That was the main goal. So we still had. We never touched Africa, most of Asia, uh, Middle East, or um, yeah. Europe, or Russia, or anything like that. China. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. a lot of places we did. Yeah. yeah. I really want to get to where you are now. There's still a story, a massive part of this story to be told, but you, you kind of caught my attention slightly when it came to uh, New Zealand. This is a place we don't need to dive. Uh, we don't need to t- dive too deep in it. We can actually make a separate episode for New Zealand if you want. Um, this is a place I believe that myself and Kristen have narrowed down for our honeymoon possibly next year. Um, I love it. Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on New Zealand? Um, as of right now, this is, I'll give you like a small little plan of what we're thinking of. So we've heard, we've heard that in January because it's the complete opposite of here in North America, that that's the summer, but a lot of places are closed and kind of shut down for, for quote unquote, like summer or whatever. So we're thinking possibly even December and or February, and we have enough miles to fly to Sydney for free with Delta and then perhaps hop from Sydney to New Zealand. Um, What are your thoughts on that plan? Like, did you go to Sydney? Was it cool? And then New Zealand, like, what would you give it out of 10? And uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. We're planning a wedding. I don't have time to think about this, but uh, (laughs) at some point I'm probably going to come back to you and say, help me plan this. (laughs) I need help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say 10 out of 10 is New Zealand. I loved it. I also loved Australia too. Um, Yeah, so I love both. And we did stop in Sydney. We stopped there prior to going to New Zealand. So we flew from, or actually we didn't. We flew from Santiago, Chile. We had family us from New Zealand. Yeah, and so um, my family from the U.S. came, or they flew to... From the East Coast to the West Coast to Sydney. Yeah. Okay. From the East Coast to Canada and then Sydney. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And so they traveled there. Um, and then we also, we met them and we had a great time. We met them in Auckland. I, I will say though, what you, the research that you did is spot on in terms of like timing wise. I think I would just specifically look at like, um, the school calendar essentially for like, when is school, like summer vacation for like Australians and new, like for, and, and the Kiwis, because New Zealand is a huge hotspot for the Aussies to come and like do the camper van tour around New Zealand during their summertime, which is awesome. Really fun. We did that with our family, but it's just, it's packed. So if you go on either side, like either end of that, I'm sure you would have a lot more of like um, less congestion on trails or just more seclusion and yeah, um, and it's one of those things 
I mean, it sounds like it probably won't be a problem for y'all because you guys like to plan, but it's one of those things you have to plan a little bit more upfront because the camper vans, there's limited supply. So mm-hmm. you have to be, yeah, if you want a, even if, if you want a camper van, you have to make sure you make your plans probably six months in advance. And we did it three months or two months in advance. Yeah. And we got, there was literally only one available and we got it. So like, and now when we went in like mid December, right? No, uh, Early December. Late December. Late December. Late December. Yeah. Okay. But it, but the but the, if you have options as for like your calendar and when to go, I would definitely, I would choose anyway to go like on either end of that. Yeah, and one of the things about New Zealand, which nobody, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people talk about, but it's one of our favorite things about New Zealand is just how like friendly the people are. Oh, like yeah. the Kiwis are some of the nicest people like in, and the Aussies. It was just like any problem you have or any question you have or any whatever, like they're always there. Uh, the welcoming, it was just like, that was like something like, not only is New Zealand like so beautiful and gorgeous and so raw and old. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the people were super, super cool. Yeah, and the country is like so, so safe. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll actually tell a really quick story about. So we did a camper van with my with my um, mom and stepdad, and so there's four of us in a camper van, and it was a lot. And um, so one night I'm, I had a, a nightmare. And so the, the way that this camper, I'm convinced that we got the last camper van. Because it was very tight. It, it was like, very tight. It was like a sprinter van bassy with like a little bit, like a box on the outside to make it a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so it was basically two queen size beds stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And so, so we're on the top bunk. And so one night I think I'm having this nightmare of being like claustrophobic. And so my hands are like in the ceiling because I'm like kind of panicking that like the, that it's such a small space, which it was a small space, but we're like, they're like hitting the ceiling. And then Elliot wakes up and he's like, are you okay? So he like turns on his watch and he's like, you know, with a flashlight and it's like, you okay? And um, so then he goes, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, what's telling the story? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you thought that too. But then, so then that wakes up my stepdad underneath and then he's like, someone's trying to get in the van. Like, someone's trying to get in the van. And then my mom, who's like a retired school teacher, uses her like school teacher voice, her school teacher like serious voice. He's like, everybody, go to sleep, go back to bed. <laughs> and so and it was just like such like a strange series of events yeah. because like New Zealand is so incredibly safe. The people are so friendly that it's like anyway, it was yeah, just a- mor- moral of the story, maybe don't get a camper van with your in-laws doesn't sound like that's going to be a problem yeah i don't think they're common you know that's the moral i don't think they're common yeah they're good they're great people but yeah i don't think they're coming to this one but uh yeah so it's really good sounds like you recommend new zealand for a honeymoon i'm very very happy to hear that and like i said perhaps i can have you back on and we can actually like plan a trip and you can help me plan something because i i need a lot of help with that um absolutely that's that's awesome. So let's let's keep pushing forward with, with your story. So you get back to the U.S. and somehow, some way, you're on a boat today. How in the world do we connect? <laughs> how do we connect those dots for everybody listening? You know, 
Sundays we ask ourselves the same question. Yes, excellent questions. Yeah. <laughs> so when the, the the reason, like the way we got here was basically while we were in India, thinking about the future and knowing or realizing that COVID is not going away and also realizing that we have this passion for traveling and experiencing new things. We were looking for a way to do that more safely um, and less meeting people, you know, and less airports and stuff like that. So that kind of narrowed down our options to a few things and a boat was one of those things. Um, and so the, the reason why we chose a boat, which is something that is like, it might not, well, we had, so we had in our family, we had a, a sailboat that was offered to us basically like get it working and you can use that to travel the Caribbean. Obviously we're not on a sailboat right now and we are not in the Caribbean. Um, so it was a very small sailboat. It's 28 foot long sailboat. We're working on it. That was our gateway drug into boating now. Um, and so at the, some point during renovating the sailboat, we're like, this really is not for living full time. Like third dog, you know, wasn't built for, it. I didn't have the battery capacity, didn't have the water capacity. I couldn't stand up in it, you know, like, listen, that would have been number one. I'd be like, I can't stand in this. Forget it. We're getting rid of this. (laughs) Yeah. Things that we should have thought like months prior. uh, (laughs) And so this boat that we're in is in the same boat, was in the same boat yard. And so we kind of just decided to buy it and do this trip that we're currently on called America's great loop. And it was, we made the decision to, to do America's great. Like for one, like this boat is completely different compared to the sailboat. Um, so the, all, all of our boat issues were kind of fixed um, with this boat. It was in our budget. Um, it was, we knew the previous owners, we kind of had that trust. And then America's great loop is a year long boating journey. So coming from people that have zero boating experience, um, I'd never driven a boat before and, but we didn't know if we would like this, you know, it's just like, it's something brand new. Maybe we'd hate it. Maybe, you know, who knows? Like, it's just the unknown. Right. And so having that goal, having that one year trip where each day, like, you know, where you need to go, you know, you don't have to figure it out. I mean, you do have to, there's a lot of figuring out, but like the journey is the journey, right. You're not, it's not very open-ended. Like we're just going to live on a boat and then that's that. So by having that goal and then having the boat, available to us it just kind of fell into our lap and we just decided to go for it yeah so we bought the boat that we currently are on um in january of 2021 and we had a maiden voyage because we didn't know how to boat so we had like a first little trip in march all right in march mm-hmm. and, then- and then we left for the great loop in april Last year, yeah, 21. So last year. So another thing, we've just been winging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. And then, oh, no, it's fine. Okay. Props for winging it on the water. That's, I mean, winging it just going anywhere is difficult, let alone on the water, not really knowing how to boat. That's crazy. Now, what is the yeah. Great Loop? I I didn't know of this until I started to research before talking to you guys. Can you explain what that yeah. is and how did you even find out about that? Yeah. 
So we... the, well, the Great Loop is a six thousand mile journey around the United States by boat, and it so um, for our starting point this year in twenty twenty two, it started in Key West and it goes around the state of Florida up through the Intracoastal Waterway, which is a protected waterway adjacent to the Atlantic Ocean, but not in the Atlantic, um, and then it goes through the Chesapeake Bay, which we are in now. And then you go out and you do a little bit up through the Atlantic, very small though, around New Jersey. You go around the Statue of Liberty, up the Hudson River. And you have a few options when you get to that point. You can either go continue up the Hudson River to Lake Champlain and go through Canada, go to like Montreal, or a lot of loopers, they go um, they go west through the Erie Canal and they can either do a full Erie or a half an Erie. They do a full area. They're ending up in Buffalo, which I know, like you went to school in Buffalo. Yep. I, um, I, I was actually born go, in Utica. You, I was going to say I was born in Utica and which is right at the Erie Canal. So I'm very familiar with the Erie Canal. So oh. it's, oh, it's, not as, it's not as cool as Montreal though. Go to Montreal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah. And so you just, you can continue up if you do a half Erie, then you go up to, uh, Oswego and you can go up through, um, the Trent Severn waterway in the, in Canada and some of the Georgian Bay, or you can go through the Great Lakes and eventually like all these waterways kind of interconnect. So there's lots of different options that you can choose from, but eventually you'll make your way down to Chicago and you'll go down the Chicago river. And then there'll be the Mississippi river, the Ohio river, and then I think the Tennessee river or something. Mm -hmm. And you make your way down to Mobile, Alabama. And once mm -hmm. you get to Mobile, then you are in essentially the Gulf of Mexico. And then you circle your way around the state of Florida. It's one big circle, one big loop. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that most there's, there's no one way to do it, but the way that the majority of people do it is they do it by season. So the winter is in Florida. The spring is the East coast all the way through New York. The summer is in Canada and the fall is in the rivers. And yeah. so we heard, it's not a very well-known thing, um, although it is getting bigger, but when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, my dad had seen an article about the Great Loop and he's not into boating, but he just like knew we were thinking about boating. So he said, you know, I think we had told him a concern, like, oh, we're kind of scared about being out in the ocean. You know, it'd be nice to be in rivers. And he was like, oh, well, you know, there's this thing. And so at that time, it's very precipitous because at that time, the director of the Great Loop Association had collabed with an article from Nat Geo saying like the biggest adventure that nobody's ever heard of. And so it was in National Geographic, and I'm pretty sure that was around well, that battery. Um, so it was in National Geographic, and that was right around the time that we were thinking about it. So that was kind of like crazy how that kind of worked out. And so about, I think, 200 boats complete the journey in an average year. And so that works out to be that more people climb Everest than finish the Great Loop in a year. Yeah. Why is or, that? Do they do they quit, or is the conditions get tough, or why do why do they not finish it? It could be injury. It could Which be, happened to us actually. Yeah, on our first loop, it could be budgetary. It could be they just it was too challenging. Yeah, they don't want to do it anymore. And it, it, the Great Loop isn't challenging in the way that like crossing the Atlantic. There's a big storm. You have to do so much planning. It's not challenging in that way. It's challenging in a way of everyday is new territory and is new challenges and for an entire year. So that's 
it's challenging in that way. And then there's also the financial reason too. You know, it's not a cheap trip. Like you, mm. you, it's, well, I wouldn't say it's impossible to sail most of it and spend a lot less on fuel. The vast, vast majority of the boats are motor boats mm. or trawlers or power boats. And so you're spending money, money, diesel and fuel. So you have to have like a certain level of financial income or financial savings to even be able to do it. So there's a lot of like integrating factors to, for why. And then also it's just not well known, you know? Yeah. 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 I didn't even think about gas. Oh my God. Like, are you using gas? Like is the whole gas increase like affecting you guys right now? Yeah. So we have, so the way that a lot of boats work and this is everything around, if you put boat in a sense, we had no, no, nothing like no idea about it, right? So it's all the stuff we've learned. So boats use gas like exponentially with how fast you go, right? So, so it's not similar to it's a not car, like a car no. where you can pretty much get, guesstimate your miles per gallon. Like mm. boats, you can go like five miles an hour and burn like very little fuel, or you go twenty miles an hour and you burn like an exorbitant amount of fuel. So and then every boat is different, and so our boat is what's called a trawler. So it's basically like an older style, um, kind of like more industrial engine in it. And we go very slow and we burn not that much fuel. So we get like four and a half miles to the gallon, uh, which is considered very good in the terms of of boating world. Yeah. Um, Relative to boating world, that is good. Right. And so, um, and yeah. And so since we have this boat, it's, it's kind of a little bit better in term in areas of the world. Our, our boat is better when gas prices are really high and it's a diesel boat. So it's okay. better when diesel prices are really high okay. um, compared to like a boat that would burn a lot of diesel, like a power boat. In terms of resale value? Is that what you... Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I should say like when people are searching for boats, people will try to search for trawlers when diesel prices are high. And then they try to search for other boats when they're not because we travel at six miles an hour. That's like- It's a brisk walk. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I run about six miles an hour on the treadmill, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you're running as fast as you Yeah, you're running as fast as that's okay. Um, so we are recording this. I'm going to date it on May 23rd, 2022. What day did you set sail? March. So we left on this loop March 2nd. Okay. March March 2nd. But we've been living on the boat practically full time since April 2nd of 21. 21. Well, that's so no. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a hard, it's like setting sail is kind of a hard question, even though it's like an easy question yeah. at the same time. So we, we bought the boat in January. We put the boat in the water in February. We were not living on the boat because it was on the hard. Essentially, it wasn't in the water yet. It was yet. in a boat yard. It was in a boat yard. Doing, mm-hmm. We were doing a few like um, just maintenance things to get it ready to put in the water. And so once we started out in the water, we were living on it. But when we started this great loop, we started last year, which was February. April of 2021. And we made our way from April, 2021 up till, um, like the end of May of 2021. So about 
about two months on the Great Loop before Elliot actually broke his wrist when we were on a very remote island um, in the Chesapeake Bay that had like zero cell service and was one of the last remaining islands. It was um, the last remaining inhabited island in Maryland. Okay. And um, so with that, because the Great Loop requires you to travel in seasons and because we are not a fast moving boat, we are not a boat that moves 25 knots. um, We're a boat that moves six knots. So we could not like after I had to have um, surgery, surgery, physical therapy, all this rest and recovery. It just did not, um, we could not do the loop last year. So we backtracked, made our way to Florida because we were living on our boat. Um, and so we needed to be somewhere for the winter, right? Somewhere that was actually like feasible in terms of weather wise. And so we made our way to Florida and then we restarted our loop this year in March, March 2nd. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. No, this is good because it gives it gives me you know back to that word perspective gives me a little perspective when you started and how you've gotten to where you are today and where you still have to go. Um, One of the things I'm wondering is like, how do you know where you're going to like pull in for the night or stop or get off and go explore? How do you figure out these places? And I'm also curious to know like what has been like the coolest or like some of your coolest spots that you've seen so far that you've pulled into. Yeah. So we we use they have you know uh, like in the olden days you had paper charts for where you would go but nowadays there's an app for everything and so mm-hmm. there's an app Garmin owns it and so we basically look at that app and it's got maps and depths and stuff and we can look at um, there's like a uh, there's a thing called Active Captain so that's like a place where people have recorded like here's an anchorage here's a dock you know. And so we kind of use this thing um, to basically plan out our days. So we'll like, we're here in Annapolis now. There's so many places we could go from here. So we kind of look at our range uh, of where we can go in a day. We look at the weather and then we kind of take those two factors, looking on the map and try to figure out. And we normally anchor about 70, 80% of the time. Yeah, so like we normally shoot, go for anchorages first, yeah. unless we need a dock for water, power, or a pump out or, or something of the like. Yeah, because we're on a budget. We're a young couple, um, whereas a lot of the people who do the loop are retired. Um, so they... They just have a different budget. They, so yeah, they have, on a budget, they have a much so, different yeah. budget than, than we do. So we anchor out a lot more. Um, but like Elliot said, like we find like on the Garmin app that, you know, where the anchorages are. And so that's how we kind of figure out. And we know like we're not going to just like anchor out in the middle of the chest peak that like would not work. Like, yeah. So we, we know that. We've you learned. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so we know like, Oh, like if we go to this little town, there will be like a little dinghy dock there. So we can take our small little boat and we can take our dog there. And so we'll, we'll anchor our larger boat, which is 34 feet in the anchorage that has a deeper keel, meaning like it goes deeper in the water. And that way we can take our little boat to shore and go to shore, like go get ice cream or like go get dinner, go get groceries, go take a walk or whatever. And so um, there'll be, you know, and then from there, once you're on shore, you can figure out like, oh, like where, where the ice cream place is, where a dog park is, um, you know, where's a great restaurant and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
That's got to be taxing a little bit because every day it is like, you got to figure out a new plan, especially with a dog. Um, yeah. it's easier if it's yourself, you're like, eh, whatever I, I can wing it, but you having <laughs> a dog, you've really got to do a little bit of research at a time. And that's every single day for a year. That's not yeah. easy. Wow. Yeah. That, wow. That's, that is the challenging part about it. And that's, you know, um, a lot of people, it's a very, like the, the great loop is a very, um, there's a lot of community around it and the people that are doing it with you, you're kind of meeting along the way. And that's a lot of, that's the thing that a lot of people talk about is like just how much work it is. You know, it's a practically a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, just planning. And then not to mention moving the boat you yeah. know, and anchoring and all that kind of stuff. It, it's just time. Yeah. You know? We actually, we just talked to some friends about it. And when we were like not doing the loop, like this past winter, when we were just like kind of waiting for the seasons and like waiting for our chance to like, you know, our personal, okay, we're going to restart the loop. We were like, wow, like actual just boat cruising is so much easier than the loop. Like the loop is hard, but like just cruising, like where you could just spend like four or five days in an anchorage. And then, you know, you're like, oh, this is really nice. Like one day you're exploring one day, you're just sitting on the boat, reading a book, you know, like you're just kind of just doing normal, just relaxing, fun, more like vacations type type mm-hmm. of activities. Whereas the loop is a, like a lot of work and it's a lot of like, it's a challenge in a way it's a challenge. And it's very um, like, there's a lot of adventure to it too, because you're also looking out for weather and weather is a huge component to our lives because we're on a boat. Like we are always looking at weather. We're always looking at waves. We're looking at the period of waves. We're looking at tides, tides and yeah so many That's, things like, runs our life now it's the weather yeah so um you know we may not visit a place because we're like well the weather like we have we to keep going yeah because, we have to keep going yeah. because the the route the the loop requires us to like just keep going and you know like if we don't keep going and we want to see this place and you know we might not get another weather window and all trade-offs, this stuff yeah. there's trade-offs yeah wow yeah i'm mentally taxed after planning a seven-day trip i cannot imagine planning <laughs> 365 days going to a different place every single year that I, honestly like i'm i'm like not trying to be dramatic that is truth right there that is that is mentally <laughs> fatiguing for sure um yeah. how many days can you afford to sit still um if you were to try to complete the loop in one year do you know um you, we i think we probably should move at least half the week every week okay. maybe even more maybe even like three quarters of the week but but it doesn't ever work out that way because for example um we had like a really bad wind system come through like the southeast uh, and the east the northeast or the northeast northeast and northeast and so we were stuck in Norfolk Virginia for eight days and nobody could move there were six foot there were six foot waves like mm-hmm. in the Chesapeake, Chesapeake which is so, nobody and that's a no-go our... for nobody really yeah. um for any, that, that's yeah, that's a no go for everybody. And so, like, that was a week that we were in a we were in a region that we couldn't. I mean, there were things probably we could have done, but it was very rainy. It was cold. You know, it was very windy. Um, so there, that's a whole week that we're not moving. So you kind of what most people do is most good days you cruise, and then if it's like a questionable day, you, you stay at anchor, and then you kind of intersperse some more like location specific things. Uh, while you're here, like for example, here in Annapolis, this is the week that the Naval Academy is graduating. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of things around it. So 
we're spending a few extra days here, regardless of if the weather was good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there a place that you've seen so far that's kind of like tugged at you a little bit? You're like, oh, I really love this place. I kind of want to stay a little longer. Yeah. I think I love Cumberland Island, um, which is in Georgia. It's part of like the, I guess this, like the southernmost barrier island in Georgia. It's a national, it's a national seashore, oh, wow. but that is just, it's beautiful and it's really peaceful. They have um, wild horses there. Yeah. A lot of history because Carnegie's used to right. own it. And it's just, it's gorgeous. And I just feel like on the loop, we don't get as many opportunities to like to go hiking that are like very close by. And that was one of the opportunities that we just went hiking all the time. We're just, we'd come back to the boat after like seven or eight hours of just hiking. And it was just, it felt like so nice and it was just a lot of fun. But yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of places that um, I've really enjoyed. I, I think more so the ones that you can only get to by boat because we can come to some of these other ones in different times. So like Cumberland was one where you can only get to by boat. There is a ferry. Um, like we were in um, like Smith Island. Um, like that was just such a unique, very small town. And there's a ferry to get there too. But the ferry leaves from the eastern shore of Maryland which is that it's not, I mean, it's a trip to get there. Like you need to be wanting to, you need to want to go there, um, mm -hmm. to go there, which, yeah. Now, do you know what loop you're going to take when you get to upstate New York? You, you have it mapped out, yes. which yes. one are you going to take? Yeah, we are going, I mean, every, like, everything is tentative, like with boating, but we're going to try to do like the standard loop, which it's, standard for most of the boats on the loop so some of the, the the tracks actually you can't do if your boat is a little bit too high that's another problem so like if you want to do a loop you have to be less than 19 your boat has to be less high than like 19 and a half feet or something and so anywhere between 19 and 14 there's different restrictions on different of the routes so the the loop that we're doing is the loop that most people do which is um the trent severn route yeah. Under the Georgian so we'll be going um, west to the Erie Canal and only be doing half an Erie, which we've heard the western Erie is where the real beauty is at. Mm. But unfortunately, we'll be going up to Oswego and then going up to the Erie or not the Erie, the, um, the, on Lake Ontario and then going up to the, uh, the Trans-Severn the, the Trans waterway. waterway, which is really cool and for any like engineers out there and there's the locks a, there's 27 locks right or 40 something 47 or 20 there's a there's lot a, of locks there's a ton of locks and one of these locks your boat instead of like connecting the two waterways like a traditional lock they have a railway like essentially that goes into the water and they strap your boat down on this like rail car or like some railroad track thing. And then they hoist your boat over land on top of land over wow. a rope and down into another set of lakes. Wow. And then That's they cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Some of the stuff is going to be really, really neat up there. Yeah. And so then we'll be going down into like the Georgian Bay, which will be like Lake Huron and then going down Lake Michigan. Oh, that's awesome. Do you both yeah. have, do you both have something you like you're targeting to look forward to seeing the most? When, when, when we chose to do the loop, there were like a few areas we were really excited for. One was Florida Keys, which we did last winter and we're going to do again this winter. And that was a lot of fun. 
Um, and then we were excited for the Chesapeake Bay and a lot of the history here and a lot of the small towns. Um, and that's been amazing so far. Uh, and then the next, there's just so many regions that are like cool for their individual things, but for what we were looking forward to, like the Canadian portion of the loop is supposed to be like really gorgeous. So the Georgian Bay and the Trent Severn. And then um, those three things, the Bay, Canada and Key West. Yeah. Like a very broad picture things, but yeah. like, yeah. Because we were talking about it the other day, like there's no like specific thing or specific place that we're like just dying to visit. Like, yeah, of course we can visit like New York or Miami or Chicago, like on this trip, but we're equally excited to visit like the small little towns. Right. And that's, I mean, we wouldn't be, if, if it wasn't for the loop, I don't think that we would ever be visiting these places because there's no like, there's no real reason for us to stop there, but and not enough of a reason. Yeah. Not of enough of a reason. It's not mm-hmm. that like With all the other options out there. Right. Uh, it's not, and it's not that we wouldn't want to, it's just that like, there'd be something else that would drive us to another place that, you know, yeah. might go back to India or might go somewhere else or wherever. But the, but the really neat thing about the loop is that like, we are going to these places. So you get to like experience some of the local festivals, some of the local like culture, whether it's like in Maryland, like the crabbing, like it's just, it's it's a thing. And so we have all these like little experiences or like going to like a local bakery in a small town here or there. And it's just like, it's really nice. Um, And then seeing all that by water is just also a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I really want to get you both back on after you complete this trip and we'll kind of go back and say, these were your highlights. Did they stay your highlights or did you find something else? I'd be really interested to see what your experience is and what your highlights are after the fact. Um, Do you have thoughts of like when you when you land and you're done with this? what's what's on your mind do you are you just completely focused at the at the job at hand or are you thinking when we're done with this we are going somewhere else do you have thoughts on that <laughs> uh, yeah so we are absolutely focused on this journey because we thought we'd be done with it last year the broke mm-hmm. virus so like mm-hmm. and then we've had a lot of challenges and a lot of lows and a lot of things that you know you're just learning about boats and boats in general there's a lot of challenges learning um, about the weather learning yeah. about and so it's, yeah. and so we're just focused on completing the loop and then after that we'll figure out what's gonna what's gonna happen next yeah because there's a thing with the loop is what the reason the way that we know who's doing the loop out on the water is everybody will have this white flag that has the great loop cruisers association picture on it and so once you do the loop now you get a gold flag so you're you're called a gold looper and like people are called loopers and if you do it again then you get a platinum flag so like some people some people have been doing the loop for like 20 plus years wow. <laughs> like, like they just move from place to place and that's and just their passion it. you know and yeah. i i I can say for a fact, we will not be doing the loop for 20 years, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but who knows what's next. Yeah. But I think like the goal right now is just to do the loop because the, whenever like, you know, people ask about the boat or the loop, like, yes, we are doing the loop. We are on a trawler, 
But like the goal of this whole trip was not specific for us to do the loop. This The goal of the trip was for us to try something new, for us to learn new skills and for us just to like try to like go out there and just do like to, to kind of go into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for us to like, there's a lot of times on the trip where I'm like really nervous because I'm the like scaredy cat and uh, it's a cool, calm, collected one. And boating can be scary. Yeah, and it and can be has, scary. It has been scary for us. Right. Different times. But the the whole, like, it, the whole thing is, like, we're just, we're out here, we're trying something new. So it's not, like, like I guess kind of thinking back to, like, the, the question you asked at the beginning of, like, having regrets. And the idea is just that, like, some days are really hard. But at the other time, like, we're just happy that we're out here. We're giving it a go. Like, we don't know if we're actually going to like this. Some days it's, like, I, I don't know. Oh, some like, days we don't. Yeah. Do. Some days are really hard. <laughs> but then other days you're like, well, at least we're trying. Like, at least, at least I'm not going to be at the end of my life saying, like, I wish I tried this thing. Like, we tr- we're trying it. So, and that's, that's the, that's the, the point of the trip for us. I know a lot of other people yeah. have been planning this trip for years and years. And this is the thing that they want to do in their life. And that's beautiful but for us to just like let's just try we'll see where it goes we'll, we'll learn something new we'll figure it out that's exactly why you both make complete sense on a podcast called the pursuit of happiness because it's exactly what you're doing <laughs> that is awesome I'm, I'm fully aware there are some episodes i have that probably stretch that title a little bit but interviewing people like you both kind of bring it back to how this all started. And that's exactly the attitude and the mindset that I love hearing from people is stepping out of your comfort zone to try something new. And it's amazing how often that leads to just positive results and amazing stories to share. And then more adventures and journeys down the road, because you did that. It's just that first step is just so hard for people to take. And it's just like, they're either scared or they're too comfortable and they just, they don't know where to start. And you guys had zero boning experience. You know, you had jobs and you quit them to start this. Like, I can't give you any more credit than that. that. That is just awesome. And you're making it happen for you and you're living life to the fullest. Like you guys will be in your rocking chairs in like 40 years or whatever it is and be like, we, we did this right. Like, that's kind of how I want to be when I'm older. It's just like looking back and like, you know, I don't regret anything. I, I set my mind to things. I try new things. I lived it up. And that's exactly what you two were doing. I, I love how you're both are very, just, you're just so relatable too, which, which I feel like people will find helpful because like I went back to in the, in the beginning of the podcast where I asked like, you know, what advice would you give to people looking to do what you do? You're just normal people. You know, you're using an app on your phone and you have a dog and you're traveling with your dog. You have found a boat, you're learning how to steer that thing and drive that thing. You know, you're learning along the way. And so I feel like that's just really, really great inspiration for so many people that are just kind of stuck and they don't know where they want to be now. And as you probably know now with the pandemic and everything, there's just so much like turnover and people just, I think taking a look at their lives, just really not knowing where they're, where they're going, what makes them happy. Um, like hearing this story and hearing your story is really inspirational. 
And I'm not just saying that it really is. You guys just, you set a goal, you plan for it and you made it happen. Plain and simple. You stepped out of your comfort zone. That is so awesome. And I'm like, so happy for both of you. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. You both are friends with Adam and Catherine, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there might be future. <laughs> yeah. so say, might be, say that again. There might be a van in the future. I mean, <laughs> the goal right now is to do the loop and to complete the loop. That is the goal. But the next chapter might be there's no guarantees in life. There's no, you know, plans change all the time. We have to pivot as our boat name is called, but there might be a van in the future where we might be van buddies with them. Wow. Wow. Yes. That is awesome. How do you know them both? Because for anybody listening to this, I've had Adam and Catherine on twice, the adventures of A plus K go back and listen to those episodes. I will forever, ever be grateful to them because when I, they were my first like big guests on the podcast, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. It was, um, I was so nervous. You can probably go back and listen. I was so nervous interviewing them, but, um, yeah, I, I will forever owe them. And I found them on YouTube because I went to Idaho and I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in Idaho. So I found their videos and I commented, she responded right back. And I was like, hold on yeah. a second, time out. These are the exact people I want to have on my podcast. So I had them on that. She said, yes. And, um, we've been chatting ever since. And they're wow. What a great and friendly couple. I, I cannot stress that enough. Great. And then she brought you yeah. both up and I was like, so how do you guys know each other? So essentially Instagram, um, I probably this very similar or the same thing that you kind of found about them. I found that they were very personal, real life, down to earth people, kind, um, wanting to help just the people who you like, you want to be around because they're just like nice, kind, friendly, down to earth people like, you know, and so reached out, I was like, Hey, like, and we had been going through, like we had transitioned, Um, Like after our international travel, like from making videos into like, okay, we're going to create show and Joe our like brand and make this like a a full-time like gig. And so, um, you know, we're kind of like newbies in their space, very similar to you being like, you know, your third podcast with them, I believe of like plus K on the podcast. And and then you had him again at like 40 something. Mm -hmm. And, but I just messaged, I was like, Hey, like, you know, we kind of, we just want friends like in this content creation space, like on YouTube, like kind of with a website, like we just want to make friends. Like, would you guys be interested in like a Skype call? Because like, obviously like COVID's going on and we're in different parts of the, yeah. yeah, we're in different parts of the United States. We're not close but like you know you have a dog we have a dog like you like to travel we like to travel like we're both doing youtube and mm-hmm. content creation like would you be interested in they're like yeah so we just talked to them and then and after clicked, that I yeah think, and then yeah. after that i was just like clicked because they were just so down to earth and it was just like it was very natural yeah and yes. then we, we like chatted with them pretty regularly maybe like once a month or so and then like when i mentioned earlier like Smith Island and Chris Field is like in the Eastern shore of Maryland. It's really far. It's out of the way. You like have to really like want to go there. They came there. Yeah. True friendship. Yeah. (laughs) So we, we were planning to meet them like in the great lakes on the loop last year, but that didn't work because my wrist. And so they came to us on the Eastern shore of Maryland, spent a weekend with us on the boat, 
um, it was really just such a blast to that somebody met them in person and we're, we hope to meet again right now. The tentative goal is whenever we go to dry Tortugas off the coast, national park, off the coast of Key West, um, hopefully we can have them on board and take them out there because, you know, they're going to a lot of the national parks and yeah. um, have that goal. And that's one by boat. So that is awesome. You have one of those. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. actually, they actually were uh, invited to my wedding uh, in Arizona and awesome. they, they want to be there. They wanted to be there, but there they'll be in the Yukons in Alaska or something, something crazy at that point. So yeah. by all means, uh, definitely, oh, definitely understandable, but oh man, that would have been, that would have been epic. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've, I've had a few, they're awesome. I've had a few FaceTimes with them. Um, we actually did yeah. like a double date night FaceTime or whatever with them a few months back with my fiance. And it was oh, like, cool what I thought would be like a 30 minute hour conversation turned into three hours of chatting with them. They're in upstate New York where I was from. So that was really cool. And uh, yeah, they're just really That's good awesome. people. And it's just, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like it's a love hate relationship with social media. You know, you hear all these crazy things going on and you just see ridiculous posts and all this terrible negative stuff. And then you hear stories like this and you're just like, yes, this is what social media is like, should be for. This is the good stuff that can come out of it. And um uh, yeah. yeah, they're just they're good people. They're really good people. And I can definitely see the similarities with with both of you for sure. I was just gonna say the only people that haven't met in our friendship is Ollie and Kona. So we you know that'll happen at some time. Yeah. It'll make that as fantastic as it can be. Yeah. Um but yeah, they are just so down to earth and they're really good at what they do. Like they're, they're great. Watched, like yeah. I know you have watched them, but yeah. if any of the viewers haven't watched them, like check out their videos because they're, they're so fantastic. informative. Yeah. They're it, informative, they're beautiful, they the storytelling is impeccable. I mean, like they have all of these amazing characteristics in their videos right. that make it so compelling to watch and so pleasurable to watch yeah, and they have really good dance moves too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they actually do help plan our trips Kristen and i our first trip together was lake tahoe and we saw that they had a travel guide to lake tahoe we're just like all right let's look it up and they definitely help plan our trips it's it's wonderful it's, it's really really great content yeah um, i got a couple more questions before i let you go i'm curious so I'm going to go way back to the beginning here because you said that one of the options was to move out West. If you had to move out West, where would you go? So we were looking at Seattle at the time, um, mainly because a, we love to hike. And so there's so much hiking out there. B we like big cities. So Jen's from New York. I'm whenever I, whenever I had my job interview in Atlanta and I saw like the skyline at night, I was like sold. Like I hadn't really been in big cities as, as when I was younger, but anyway, so we knew we wanted to be in a big city. We wanted to be around hiking and we also knew we just wanted to try something different. Yeah. So we also like cooler climates not like cold, but just cooler and we knew like Seattle doesn't really snow that often, but it has like a cooler climate. But kind of just RMO, you know, we didn't have a lot of planning. There yeah. wasn't a lot of, we didn't do a lot of research. We didn't really go out. Like Jen has been out there before, but I've never been out there. <laughs> so we kind of, we probably would have moved without like, yeah. we, would, we would have looked up places, but without looking up like every option available. Yeah. But I actually was just talking to Catherine though, joking um, about like moving to Boise. I was like, you know, after you and Ryan, you guys were talking yes. to Ryan about moving to Boise. 
Maybe yes. we'll move to Boise because maybe it's too expensive. Maybe we'll just move to Boise. Maybe like, and then like watching some of their Montana videos, I was like, maybe we'll move to Montana. I don't know. I mean, we have, we have Who no, knows? yeah. The idea is yeah. just to travel and like, you know, find Live out. Life. Like, yeah. yeah but to find some of the places that you enjoy. Right. Cause obviously that's what brought you to Boise was like, after your experience there, you're like, Boise is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we don't know. To your question, I'm smiling. I'm getting super excited because I, I don't know. Like it's funny how. So we're settled here in the Raleigh Durham area in North Carolina, but both myself and Kristen feel a calling to the Northwest. We both feel it. We know at some point we'll end up there. We don't think yet because if we do have kids and having family around and stuff like that, it makes a lot of sense to stay here for the moment. Um, I know yeah. she loves Seattle. Uh, overall, I've been a fan of the state of Washington. We're going to Montana in a month and a half. And Boise is just like one of those places I went to for a few days on my own, just a couple of weeks before I, up, I met her. And that's just, it's one of the places that keeps calling me back. And I keep telling her, we have to go to Boise. We have to go, even if it's for a weekend, to have a good time. I love it. It's actually, it's a market that's yeah. on fire. It's like a top two or three market in the U.S. to move to right now. So I, I'd be curious yeah. if and when you get there, I'd, I'd be curious to know how you like Boise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, once we get, once we complete the loop and we like, try out a van and continue traveling and exploring. We'll make our way to Boise. We'll let you know. Yes. Yes. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll meet you there. I'll be like, that's a good excuse to get out of here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm all, I'm all for it. And so another, another random question just to get to know you a little better. Um, Okay. So Elliot, you proposed on a glacier. I've read on your website that getting married isn't quite on the horizon. You guys don't quite know when you're going to do that yet. It's not a priority. Um, Uh If and when that day happens, do you have a spot or a location you're kind of thinking about when, where to get married? Uh, no, but we just met somebody who told us that he had the most amazing wedding in Medellin, Colombia. Colombia. And he showed us pictures and it looked fantastic. So who knows? Maybe Medellin. It'd be nice to do a, a destination wedding. Um, if not abroad, then somewhere in the U.S., um, but it's the only other option. That's, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. There's no place like for me. I mean, honestly, I'm not. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if generally has a yeah. spot either. Like a dream. Yeah. We promised our parents that we wouldn't elope. And I think if we didn't make that promise, we would have just eloped by now and like have done something on our own. But because we made that promise, we're sticking to it. And we just haven't like, prioritized it since it's not for a lack of wanting to get married or like the thought it's just tr- i don't know and then we're busy with the loop the loop's a full-time job yeah yeah, yeah. no so, it really is and, you put that in perspective full-time job i mean that's i'm yeah. sure you're kept busy yeah you and uh, your young <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little too busy. I, I it sounds like you listen to some of my episodes. I'm probably way too busy. I need to uh, do better at meditation. I've been saying that for probably the last 50 episodes, and I still suck at it. Um, I can't sit still. I just I can't sit still. It's uh, 
it's probably my, it's my greatest strength and my biggest weakness at the same time. It's just constantly yeah. doing things. Um, and you know, it's, it's, and including this podcast, you know, it does, it takes a lot of time, but I love it. It's like, it's like the biggest blessing, um, meeting people like, like you and Adam and Catherine and everybody else. That's just like so much smarter than me and the knowledge I have now and the connections and the networking, all that stuff. It's just, it's been a, a really, really big blessing. And, um, I'd rather be busy than not busy. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, a yeah. couple more, couple more before I let you roll. Um, yeah. okay. So you guys are both travelers. Uh, number one place that you want to visit in the entire world. You have to go first. Okay. Probably like, I want to do some sort of hiking in like the Nepal mountains. Wow. The Nepali, like, I think that would be, I just think, yeah, I think that'd be fun. I don't know what exactly. Um, hike Everest? No, I don't want to hike. I would maybe like do Everest base or like go hiking down to like Patagonia and like Torres del Pines. And there's hmm. tons of state parks and national parks in that part of Argentina. Chile. I don't know. Me, there's so many places. It's hard to pick just one. Yeah. For me, it's a place and an activity. And it doesn't necessarily rank higher than anywhere else, but it's always the first one that comes to mind. So that's why I'll say it. Um, and it's getting or renting or buying a motorbike and traveling throughout Vietnam. Like, wow. That's like, uh, it's the first thing that comes to mind. Like there's a few like that, uh, like destination and thing, um, that I really want to do bucket list items. Here's a question for you. This isn't one of the questions I had, but it's going to lead to something. So do you have Netflix on your boat? Yes, yeah. you do. Have you heard of the documentary River Runner? Yeah, we've watched that. That's yes. a kayaker. Or yeah. The, no, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he goes through Nepal and all the mountains and the rivers and stuff like that. Because when you said Nepal, yeah. I was like, and you guys are on the water. I was like, you know, maybe it makes sense to make that connection right there. And that was a pretty interesting documentary. Totally. Yeah, that was really good. And we've been like in a kick with those type of documentaries lately. I mean, we recently watched, um, what is it? The 14 the, Peaks? Yeah, the 14 Peaks. Have you seen okay. that? I, I've heard of it. I have not seen it. It's on my list to watch for sure. Similar type of documentary. Yeah. Really, really interesting and really cool to watch. Like yeah. it blew my expectations out of the, out of the water. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would definitely watch yeah. that. All right. Final question for you. Uh, best meal that you've ever had and where was it? Ooh. Mom's home cook, it doesn't count. I'm talking about travels here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually remember what the meal was, but I remember the restaurant. We were in Paris and we went, it was super cold out. I think we just finished at the catacombs and we were like meandering through and um, trying to find a pl- like a local spot to eat. And obviously, on like the big, um, like streets there's just a lot more restaurants but there's a lot more touristy restaurants and we just stumbled upon this like little local spot that it seemed like a lot of the locals were visiting but it was just it was delicious and i want to say like i had it was like i don't know what i had it was some maybe it was like rabbit or something like that i don't really remember the meal but i remember the ambiance was like or maybe yeah it was duck it was duck but it was like it was so it was just it was local it was like the people the atmosphere the 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 servers are friendly like it, like we're at this tiny little cute little parisian 
almost like eensy beansy tiny table but it was just such a great meal and just such a great dinner and like yeah I don't I don't remember the actual food but like the food was great and I do love food I'm I love to eat a lot but yeah it was more of the environment than the meal itself. Yeah. So that, I mean, that says a yeah. lot because you do travel a lot. So I was really interested in hearing your answer, whether you'd pick a meal or a location, a country or the restaurant you were at. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's really hard to say, just like what Jen was saying, like almost every meal that Bonaji, um, the wife of our hotel and our cooks, was just out of this world. Like, I, I don't know if we could ever have anything like it again. But I'm going to say, we, while we were in Argentina, we went to this like steakhouse, which is like one of the top steakhouses oh, in the yeah. country. And we ordered, I don't know, I might have ordered like the filet mignon or something. And then like other sides. And it was just and like red wine. And it was just like, it was like ridiculous. <laughs> good. And like, so it was way out of our budget. Like it, it might've been like, we might've paid $80 like for the meal. Like in going to a steakhouse in the States, like paying $80 is like nothing, but that was like very much, like it was a lot of money for Argentina and a lot of money for us. And so we just splurged on it and went all out. And it was, we always remember this night, not only because the food was good, but because, you know, coming in as foreigners, like you don't know the customs, you don't know exactly what you should be doing. You don't know exactly how to order. And so we're like, okay, we're going to steakhouse. Like these are the steaks we should order. Let's both order a steak and sides or whatever. And every single other table ordered one steak and shared it. And we're the only table table. (laughs) and we're the only table that has these two giant pieces of meat. (laughs) (laughs) Totally felt like the Americans, like just like giant food. And it was very hard to eat it all because it was a lot of food, but it was like really, really good. And so it was like partially where you're just sitting there and you're kind of embarrassed because you don't know like the local customs, but at the same time, you're just like making the best of it. And you're like laughing about laughing and like having a good time and just taking it in and like, laughing at your mistakes so yeah yeah. like yeah i'd be like this is i don't care give me all of it this is this is delicious i'm eating all of this forget what everybody else thinks about that forget it forget about it but no hey listen you two have been have been an absolute blast and i'm serious i'd love to have you back on when you complete the loop um stay in touch throughout the loop and i hope your travels are very safe um, I hope, you know, you guys stay healthy and I hope hopefully COVID is just gone by the time you get back to, to Florida. Um, good God, please. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you guys have, have been honestly, like I said, such an inspiration. Um, I love the fact that it's just, it's so great that you didn't even know where to boat when you first started this. It's not like you guys, well, you know, I already had, I knew how to drive a boat and we were given one from everyone, you know, mom and dad or whatever. And, you know, it was, you guys literally started from scratch and that's just such a great lesson to so many people who want to pick up and try something new. And I don't know, I can't think of many, you know, much more what's harder than just boating around the U S you know, this isn't just trying yoga for the first time. This is, uh, you right. guys really making it happen. So, um, honestly, I, like, I would just say if anybody wants to learn how to boat and hasn't done any boating before, like ask us for, for 
you know, tips because there's a lot of things we would have done differently knowing what we know now. Yeah. Um, and the mistakes that we've made that are purely like experience related yeah. and, and knowledge related, like most of those things. And so there are things we would do differently, um, but we could honestly talk. There's yeah. Boating in itself is it's, you know, is its own challenge. Yeah. Well, then we will definitely talk about that because I do want to know about that. But I will say now is a great time to plug your website and your social media because you do a wonderful job on both of those platforms, answering frequently asked questions. And I know that's how we connected. So I'm sure you also respond to other people's questions and DMs as well. So please plug your website and plug your social media. Yeah. So our website is showandjoe.com and that's S-C-H-O and Joe, J-O.com. And that's also our Instagram and our Facebook page. And basically we make, oh, and YouTube. Uh, We make daily vlogs on YouTube about our travels. We do not post every single day because some days we're cruising and cannot do that. Other days we can't. Um, But we do record, we create daily vlogs around the loop showing the places that we're visiting, the challenges. It's a very real documentation of our um, of our journey. And we try to make it beautiful and interesting and all that. But we do try to explain like the challenges of getting groceries, the challenges of boat work and boat projects, boat maintenance, um, engine maintenance and all this stuff that's related in this sphere. In addition to the seeing cool places and being on the water and seeing dolphins and, you know, the, the beauty behind it. So we create daily vlogs and we also try to create a lot of resources on our website. And so that includes, um, we do monthly expense reports. So any of the great loop related expenses. So how much like groceries, cause that could potentially change from one region. Yeah. Fuel groceries, um, boat projects. So like maintenance items that might come up, um, tours, going out to restaurants and stuff like that. All that we kind of include in this great loop expense report. Um, and we also, we're starting to get into like travel guides for these like smaller towns. Um, but they've, at the moment been kind of been put on a back burner based off of all the other stuff that we're kind of doing because the great loop itself is a full-time job. And honestly, like it just gives us joy and energy when anybody is trying to learn something and, and wants to know more about something that we can help, you know? So if anybody wants to know anything, like reach out in any way that you like email, uh instagram youtube comments like whatever it is like we try to respond back to pretty much everybody um and we would love to help uh in any way possible yeah that's great you make it very apparent on your website and yeah wow those small details like that's a lot of work on your end but at the same time it like almost gives people comfort and kind of knowing like okay if i were to do this this is how much it would cost or how much i should plan for because I imagine that's probably one of your number one questions is like, how do I save for this? And how much do I need to save? And, you know, what if I need to make a little money on the side and stuff like that? Because, you know, when I quit my job, it's like, here we go. There goes the the safety net, you know? So that stuff is super helpful information. I love also how you have your equipment that you use as far as cameras and um, the outdoor equipment and all that kind of stuff. So you guys, you guys cross every T and dot every I that is one of the reasons I absolutely love your website show and Joe. So 
I will definitely link your website, all your social media, YouTube, and all that stuff in the show notes. So anybody who's listening, um, feel free to just scroll down to the show notes, click on that, and you can go visit and uh, start a conversation. These two are waiting to talk to you and tell you some some more amazing stories. If there's anything that we can do to help you, Ryan, please let us know. We're happy to help. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, I mean, I feel like uh, it's a win-win, right? Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm helping you guys. And yeah, if, if you want to spread the word, definitely spread yeah. the word. Um, yeah. Sounds oh, like absolutely. you listen to, to a few of my podcasts and uh, that's, yes. that's always, I appreciate that because it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's, it's not like driving a boat for the first time, but at the same time, like just, you know, making my decision to finally take that step and to go for it. I've never had, I've never had an experience interviewing people. Um, I know how to work on computer and I bought a microphone and I just started to practice and Adam and Catherine gave me the stage and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but uh, no, I appreciate it. And honestly, like I said, it's been one of my biggest blessings and it sounds like, you know, stepping out and trying this boating experience and doing the loop has been one of your biggest blessings too. So I just want people to take that away from this is just step out and try something. And if you have to start small, start small, but it always leads to something positive. It really does. So, um, yeah, like I said, you two are the epitome of pursuing your happiness and I'm thankful you were, you've been on and, uh, we have to get you back on the schedule soon and, uh, hopefully no more injuries and we'll talk to you when you're back in Florida. And I want to hear all about the rest of your trip. And like I said, you can probably skip Utica. There's not a whole lot happening up there. Thank Thank you you for having us. us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely. Special thank you to Jennifer and Elliot, or Elliot and Jennifer, or Show and Joe. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And I think the greatest part of having my podcast so far has been actually building relationships and friendships. I have a feeling I'm going to have two more friends for the rest of my life with these two. They were super cool. We've kept in contact since and their excursion is going well so far. I can't wait to keep following them. Please follow them on Instagram and also follow me at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast on Instagram. And uh, yes, share this with your family, share this with your friends, leave a rating and a review, and I will catch you all very, very soon on the next episode.